people, welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. And um, yeah, we we got news, we got all that shit for you, as we always do. Um, now I saw this thing. Um, so I know it happened like two or so weeks ago, but uh. Yeah, so there was the big volcano volcano eruption on the island of New Zealand, and um, yeah, they, they they're still looking for bodies and everything like that. But it's just like it made me think about this whole thing, right? Because okay, so forty-seven people were reported to be on the island. Okay, um, and like so, twenty-four for, were from Australia, nine from the U.S., five from New Zealand, four from Germany, two from China, two from the U.K., one from um, Malaysia, and you know it, it, it says that most of the visitors were taken off the island. But a lot weren't. A lot weren't. But you know, my big question is, why the fuck are you going to an active volcano? You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, you should look. If people want to do something, fine, fine. You know what I mean? But you should have to sign a disclaimer. I feel you should have to sign a disclaimer because if you look at the amount of effort that is now going in to find bodies and all of that craziness, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of work, and also you're putting other people's lives at risk. You're putting all these people's lives at risk who are going to try and you know, find bodies. Essentially, find bodies is just like nothing else. These people are dead now. It's just bodies. So who cares, right? But you have all these divers who are going to be at risk because the island, it could erupt again. You know what I mean? It, it could erupt again. So I feel people should sign a disclaimer that they, yeah, they want to go to see a volcano or whatever, whatever. But if something happens, hey, then no one has to come and put their asses in danger to rescue them. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, look, you knew the risk. Why are you going to an active volcano? You knew the fucking risks. You know what I mean? You're the dumbass. So you can put your own life at risk. Don't fuck with other people though. That's just some crazy insensitive rude bullshit. So, you know, it might sound harsh, it might sound bad, but you know what I mean? I'm just like, yo. That's on them. It's on them. But 
I don't know. Let's get into the episode, right? Boom. Okay, so there's a big story on um, BBC's Paranama. Para, it's not a difficult word. Para, panorama. Jeez, man. Yes, there's a big story on BBC's Panorama around, um, I think it's called the SPAC Nation, which sounds like SPAC Nation, which, uh, yeah, not the best name, you know what I mean, not the best name um, for a church, right, so this is a church, um, who, you know, and they're also classified as a charity, now, the problem is, so, they've been investigated into fraudulent claims, uh, now, they, they supposedly target young people, and, uh, yeah, some dubious things have been happening, okay, so, um, yeah, there was a, um, a a girl who was, like, they convinced her to make a claim for, um, uh, like, uh, I think it's like a job seeker's allowance, you know, because she'd stopped giving donations, so they pulled her aside and were just like, oh, what's going on? Why aren't you giving us donations anymore? And she's just like, oh, yeah, I've got no money. I'm not working. So, (laughs) this is the thing. She gave them her details. And they made an online application on her behalf for universal credit. Which is a, 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 you know, an unemployment benefit. So they did this. She then went to a meeting at the job centre. And after she'd been to the meeting, someone went into the application online and put down that she had two children. Yeah. So, put down that she had two children, which then made her eligible for a payment of £1,200. So, she got this, right? Which, like, you think is an odd thing, because I wonder what was said at the meeting. Because at the meeting, you know, they, they would have asked her, do you have any dependents? Do you know what I mean? That, that's what they would have asked her. So, like, if she had said no, but then on online she changes it to having two kids, wouldn't that be suspect? Do you know what I mean? The fact that she turned up without the kids, it'd be like, huh? But, yeah, so she gets this money, right? And so then the, the church told her to put £900 of the money into um, a couple of accounts, so she transferred that money into those accounts, and kept the rest for herself, (laughs) so, 
<laughs> Which is just like, what are you doing? Now, the, the so the job center invest did an investigation. Like, I don't know what triggered them to do it, but they did an investigation, found out she was lying. So they're like, yeah, you got to repay this money. And we're fining you £600. <laughs> so, yeah. So they've done that. And also, I believe that means she can't claim any benefits for, I don't know, it's a period of time. It might be a year. It might be half a year. It's, but there's a big period of time or something which you then can't claim for. Which is just like... What? Why did she do this? And her responses, oh, I can't afford it, obviously. I feel heartbroken because I thought this was supposed to be a family. It's just like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? And surely, right, you'd go to them and say, I need that money back because, yeah, you know, I've been fined. So, you know, do that. But it's just like, ugh. But that, so that was the first incident they mentioned. Um, another thing was they supposedly took a loan out. Um because on on someone else's behalf but didn't tell them didn't tell them that they took the loan out so and so there's this girl 18 um she'd been diagnosed with kidney cancer so you know what i mean she's she's going through treatment and everything like that so she's looking to change work um you know lower hours so she can, you know, deal with, you know, just the fatigue and the illness and everything like that. So she went for an interview, right, went for an interview with this agency. Now, the agency is run by the, um, the second in command of the guy that runs the church, this SPAC nation so like and she knows this so straight away i'd be like uh what's going on here but yeah but no she doesn't so she goes um for this interview and you know because a lot of times you do get asked this to bring your passport along to interviews you know they say oh we need to take a copy but you know blah 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 so she gave them a passport and they, you know, they've got all the details. Now, she gave them her bank account details, which there's, there's no need to do that at this point. But yeah, for some reason, she gave them her details, which is a bit like, what are you doing, man? Um, but yeah, so 
after, and this is the thing, oh, no, no, so this is the thing, right, so she hadn't, so she hadn't been to church beforehand, like, yeah, so, yeah, that was it, she hadn't been to the church beforehand, and at the end of the interview, they're like, oh, you should come to church, and she does, this is the thing, like, so she doesn't go to church, so then she starts going, so she starts going to the church, which, you know, I'm a bit like, oh, what are you doing, so she goes there, and after a few months, she moves into a, um, a safe house that is run by the church, so she moves into a state house run by the church, so months later, she discovers that a four-year loan had been taken out in her name for £5,000. £5,000. She hasn't got any of this money. Which is just like, her? Um, but the money... Went to the church Money went to the church And so she said she confronted You know, a senior pastor About the loan And they told her That the loan was for the greater good And they were going to use the money To buy a bigger safe house To accommodate more people Right, and from that she just says and I was thinking that's all well and good, but why did I not know about it? That's the response. Really, like, if I found out someone took a loan out, I'm going to the police. I'm going to the police. So, you know, this church is under investigation. It's under investigation for just these Dodgy, all the dodginess that they're pulling, you know, but I gotta say, look, they're bad, they are definitely not good, you know what I mean, there's some foul business that these dudes are doing in the name of, you know, a what, a, a deity, a, you know, a supposed god, so that's that's kind of foul, right? But I gotta I gotta say that these people that what the fuck are they doing? Like what are they because they have to take some culpability for for this shit. You know what I mean? They they are culpable for for this as well. Because it's just like you you mean look they're going to the church like the, let's look at the first girl right she's going to the church she stopped making donations but she has no money they pull her aside and be like yo what are you like donation it's donations it's not mandatory so firstly if i'm getting pulled aside and being like um why are you making it i'd be like mind your own motherfucking business what are you talking about? It's a donation, son. 
And then I'd leave and look to go somewhere else, firstly. But, right, doesn't do that. She hands over her details. Hands over her fucking details. And lets them make an application for her. Now, she's 21. She's, so she's, she knows better. She knows better, right? So, she, she let them do that, which is dodgy as fuck. And she knows that's dodgy as fuck. Then, when she realises they've now said she's got two kids, when she doesn't, she doesn't go, you know what, I'm out. I'm out Because There is only way One way that situation is going You know what I mean But no She still goes along with it She then receives a check For £1,200 And She's like I You're like What are you doing what are you doing? You know what I mean? That's just some crazy shit. She gives them 900 of it. So it's not even half and half. She gives them 900 of it. Then, when she's been caught, when she's been fined, doesn't sound like the church had her back. Doesn't sound like they were like, oh, fuck. All right, look, here's the money back. No. So what, like, she, there were so many moments in that situation where she could have been like, you know what, nah. Or, you know, this, is, this isn't right. I better tell the job centre. Or let me tell the police. No, she carried on. She carried on. And the response... I feel heartbroken because I thought this was supposed to be a family. The fuck is that? So what if it's a fa- so if it's a family you're still going to let people steal? No. That's not happening. You know what I mean? Like, listen, you might not turn them in, but you ain't going to let them steal. Definitely ain't going to do ain't being a part of that shit. What the fuck? So, yeah, she got fucked, but she is not innocent. Not innocent. Then we've got the other chick, Lovis. Now, she is younger. She's 18. But still, still, it's old enough to know better. Old enough to know better. Like, you because at the moment she's working as an assistant sous chef. You know what I mean? So she before she's ill, she's working as a sous chef. You know? So she when she went like whether she went for um an inter you know, an interview for that job, she, I bet she wasn't asked for a friggin' bank details. Like, you give your bank details. When you've been offered the job, 
When you've been offered a job, the HR will contact you and you'll give your details on all of that. You don't give them at a frigging interview stage. So, like, she showed a poor lack of judgment there. Then at the end of the interview, they're like, oh, come to our church, which is dodgy. Dodgy. So then from there, she finds out that they took a loan out and she doesn't go to the police. Doesn't go to the police. Like, what the fuck? So, listen, she's definitely the victim over the first girl, but, man, she showed a severe lack of judgment, and the fact she didn't go to the police, what are you doing, like, what are you doing, because Panorama were like, yeah, straight away, they could look at the paperwork and saw that, you know, it went into a, the money went into a group, and this group, is run by the church owner's brother, so it's just a bit like, they saw the dodginess, so it doesn't, it didn't take much, so it's just like, you fed up at that situation, as soon as you find out that you've been ripped off, you know what I mean, so, hey, I hope the church gets in trouble, for sure, they need to get locked down, down, they really do need to get locked down, um, and yeah, I don't know, like, young people need to have their fucking wits about them, and not give away their fucking DLs, it's just, oh, some crazy ass shit, god damn it, man, oosh, I think in a, um, yeah, in a kind of a weird move, so Clint Eastwood has a a new film coming out called Richard Jewell, uh, and it's about um, the the bombing around the Atlantic, um, the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, um, and she plays... A uh, a reporter called Kathy Shrugs, uh, and so I think in the film, supposedly, because I haven't seen the film, okay. So in the film, she as I said she plays a reporter, um, and I think it's alluded that the reporter had sex with an FBI agent to. Um, to get some information from them, you know, so she can, you know, investigate, you know, put it in her paper or whatever, whatever, so, yeah, so she's come out against it, she, uh, you know, put out a couple of tweets, um, and said, like, Contrary to a swathe of recent headlines, I do not believe Kathy traded sex for tips. Nothing in my research suggested she did so, and it was never my intention to suggest she had. That would be an appalling um, mis 
Ugh, um, miss it, miss, oh, god damn it. Um, look, words are not easy, people, trust me. Um, misogynistic, um, uh, whatever, a dismissal, um, of the difficult words she did. Um, she then said, I cannot speak for the creative decisions made by the filmmakers as I did not have a say in how the film was ultimately crafted, but it is important to me that I share my personal take on the matter. Um... And yeah, and then she also said, I realised my opinions about Kathy based on my own independent research may differ from others involved with the film. But it was important to me, to my um, own position, to make my own position clear. Um, now, so th- th- like, look, there's a lot with this, right? Because... I don't believe, when you see an actor, an actress, anyone in a film, and they're doing something, you think, oh, that must mean they're this or that. You know, like, you don't think that. Like, no one watched Science of the Lambs and thought, oh, Anthony Hopkins, what a piece of shit. He eats people. Like, you don't think that. And just because someone's playing someone, you don't think, oh, I bet they told directors that, yeah, that's how it should... Like, people don't think that. So it's a bit like... There didn't really seem a need for her to come out and, like, do this. So that seemed weird. Because, yeah, it never happens in any other case. Like, you don't see, like, people... You know, trying to defend. Oh, I I played a murderer, but I'm not a murderer. Oh, I, you know, I, like um, you know, in um, what was the film about? Um, there was a film. Steve Carell was in it, and he put on a load of friggin' weight about the uh, the uh, uh, the wrestling coach, and he diddled a load of kids. Um, but no one was like, oh, that must mean Carell's a diddler. Or that means that person is a... Like, you just... Yeah, it's not... It's not a thing. Like, it's not a thing. And so, the other thing that I question, right? Because, you know, like, what? You you, you kind of feels that, you know, she's probably doing this to get a little publicity, to get a little shine, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? But... I'm a bit like, but she mentions it a couple of times, you know, like, my research shows that she wasn't like this, but what was your research? Do you really, like, what was your independent research into this woman who is, who is dead, so it's not like you could just go ask her, and even if you did go ask her, like, is she going to tell the truth? Because people don't always tell the truth. Look, if you know that something, eh, yeah, I got this information, I stole it. But you're not going to go, yeah, I stole it. Because you're thinking, eh, it's probably not going to look good if I admit to stealing it. So I just tell people I found it. You're, but, like, so you're not going to say, look, I fucked a guy to get info. Yeah. 
And, and even if she did, who gives a fuck? Who really cares? Like, it's her body. She can do what the fuck she wants with it. You know what I mean? Like, she can departmentalize things and go, you know what? Fucking a guy to get evidence to prove this point, whatever. That's like, fuck it. I don't even care. I don't look at it like that. That, you know, the most important thing is getting that evidence. So, look. Hey, I haven't had sex for a while, so. You know what? I scratched two birds with one stone. Is that? No, that's probably the wrong expression to use. But you know what I mean. But yeah, it's a bit like, you know, it might not mean anything to her. So, hearing so what if she did? But, yeah, I wonder, what is this research that you were able to do? Like, and other people weren't. Because I am sure, because, you know, we've seen it before, right? When If people put something completely fraudulent in a film, in a book, you're in anywhere, your ass can get sued. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, if Eastwood and the writers of this film just made this shit up, then... Yeah, that, that's fucked up That's definitely fucked up But I'd be interested to know The research that both parties did You know what I mean? To, to find this out Like, why don't they just do that? Go, look, this is what we did to research this And she says, this is what I did to research that Because just coming out and going Um... I did research, and I don't think she is. Like, that means nothing. That means nothing. And as I said, look, having sex to get evidence, it's not like, it's whatever. It's whatever. It's not a crazy thing. Look, you can't say that's any worse than... Going out on a Friday, Saturday night, what, what, I mean, it could be any day, it doesn't have to be a Friday, Saturday, and going, yeah, I just want to meet someone and have sex. Like, there is, there's no difference. So, yeah, if someone's going, look, I need this information, the way for me to get this information is doing this thing, who gives a fuck? No one, like, no one's going to go... Huh, I thought she was a journalist. Turns out she just fucked for news. Like, no one's gonna say that. Because, you know, if she wrote good informative stories, she wrote good informative stories. Like, doesn't take anything away from your know, her contribution to journalism. So yeah, this seems like a really weird fucking Thing, really weird thing, and yeah, show your evidence because I don't believe anything. I don't believe any. I don't. Look, I'm not believing either side. I ain't believing either, and really, I don't care. 
But yeah, I just think you to say I did research means nothing. Means nothing. Anyone can say it. Anyone can say it. I've seen people say it. I've seen people say it with um like giving presentation. Oh yeah, I did a lot of research to get these results, knowing. Yo, you did no research. <laughs> you pulled those numbers out your ass. It's just something people say. It's something people say, man. So show and prove. You know what I mean? Show and prove. Man, I gotta say, Italian football has there's a, 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 a serious problem. There is a serious problem. So. There's been issues, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh my gosh, it's uh, Romelli Lukalu, um, who plays for Inter Milan. He they were playing against Calgary, and the fans were making like monkey noises. I think someone threw a banana at him. Um, and that happened uh, just a couple of months back, you know, um, and the, the crazy thing about it was that when it went to, um, you know, when it went to the Italian body, they... They cleared the Calgary fans of any wrongdoing. They cleared them of any wrongdoing. Which is just like, what the hell? So there's that. Um, Mario Bolatelli um, also received a lot of racial abuse um, just last month. So because of this, the... um, you know, Syria are was supposedly meant to launch an anti-racism campaign, right? So they meant to launch this anti-racism campaign, the No to Racism um, campaign. So they commissioned an artist to create some posters. So yeah, he created some posters. Um. They're monkeys. He 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 has three monkeys with painted faces, and that's his anti-racism campaign posters, which is just what the fuck? It's it's insane. It's insane. Like, look, they were making monkey noises. The player. So, what the fuck, man? Why are you using monkeys as your anti-racism? You ain't like pictures. It's the weirdest shit. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Now, when asked about this, Simone Fugazzati, um, he said. We are all monkeys. <laughs> we are all monkeys. Like, 
For an artist, there is nothing more important than trying to change the perception of things through his own work. I decided to portray monkeys to talk about racism because they are the metaphor for human beings. Last year, I was at the stadium to see Inter v Napoli, a match in which Napoli defender was racially abused and I felt humiliated. Everyone was shouting monkey at the um, at the player, a player I respected. I've always been painting monkeys for five to six years. So I thought I'd make this work to teach that we're all apes. I made the Western monkey with blue um, and white eyes, the Asian monkey with almond-shaped eyes, and the black monkey positioned in the center where everything comes from. The monkey becomes the spark to teach everyone that there is no difference. There is no man or monkey. We are all alike. If anything, we are all monkeys. Yeah, no. No, that's just the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. Uh, like, just, just... And monkeys aren't a metaphor for humans. They're, like, <laughs> just not. It's just the most moronic thing I've, I've heard. Like, look, when they break it down, they say that, you know, the, the ancient humans were similar to monkeys. Yo, but chromosome-wise, we are different. We're not monkeys. And saying that you were at a game where you heard people chant monkey noises. So you know monkeys... Are, are used in this whole racist diatribe So you can't go Oh well you know oh, And then just the whole Yo I had an Asian monkey I had a white monkey had a black monkey Like no one's going to notice the difference No one's going to be like I don't know in a minute Isn't that an Asian monkey oh, I believe it is Oh Sam I believe it I believe that's an Asian monkey Oh Derek I think you're what? Oh, that's a white one, right? Yeah. Oh. Hey, you see what's happening there? We're all monkeys. Oh, we shouldn't be saying these black guys are monkeys. We're all monkeys. No. Fucking retard. That's not going to happen. Jesus. Like, it's, it's just. And the fact that Syria are like. Perfect. Perfect. We will make these the staple of our campaign. It's a joke. It's a joke. But the, like, th- this is the thing that I do question, right? Because it's not like this has just suddenly happened. Like Italian football has always been kind of racist. It's always been kind of racist. So I do wonder... Why the fuck are black people going and playing in fucking Italy? Why are you going to Italy to play? Because you know this shit is going to happen. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing it? 
Why? Listen, right? I grew, where I grew up as a fucking kid, there was the motherfucking NF. They had their fucking headquarters, like, down, like, very close to where the fuck I lived, right? So, I knew I am not going to certain places. There were certain places, I'm like, I'm not going to that place. And definitely not going on my own. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just like, if I went, there is a big possibility of, you know, like, in a best case scenario, just having abuse. In a worst case scenario, getting fucking attacked. So, I'm not putting myself in that situation, right? And it's just like, thinking about anything, like, there's definitely places around the country I'm not going. I went to Manchester and nearly got attacked in a fucking bar. That was just like, yo, what the hell is happening here? Yo, I went to Hull and got followed around a supermarket because there's no fucking black people there. Jereen, it's just like, there's certain places that you're just like, alright, I'm not doing that again, yo, and there's places around the world, I'm not going, because it's just like, yeah, it's kind of suspect, it's put my ass at risk, I'm not doing it, right, so why the fuck are, are black players going to Italy, why, just stop doing it, stop playing in the Italian league, you know, obviously, it's not going to change anything, but being there isn't going to change anything, you know what I mean, and yes, I'm not saying you're going to, like, it happens everywhere, I'm not saying it will happen every week, but the fact that it's happening at all, the fact that it's happening at all, and there's no repercussions, there is no repercussions for this bullshit. It, it's just like, just don't, just don't go there. Do not like fuck the money. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not like, boom, playing in the Premier League. You're making money. Yeah, you might get offered a bit more to go to Italy, but hey, would you rather have you know feel safe? Or would you rather make a little bit more money but have to deal with racial abuse? You know what I mean? I I I I feel it's uh you know it's not even a question, right? So look, Italy, Serie A, they need to fix the fuck up. But come on now, black people, stop fucking going. Stop going. You know what I mean? Don't feed the beast. Don't feed the beast, man. Because it ain't worth it. It really is not worth it. Okay, so I'm going to end on this. Because this is some just... I don't know, man. I Like, it, it definitely speaks to the bullshit times we live in. Definitely does that. But, um... Alright, so... A uh, a logo creation company who are 
clearly trolling for work, clearly trolling for work, but they did a survey, um, and they say that they, um, you know, they, they, they surveyed 400 people, and then from the results, asked a further 4,000 people, what their views on um, Father Christmas were, right? So, what are your views on Father Christmas, Santa Claus, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call him, right? And they said, so they said, right, that a quarter of the results, so 20% of respondents thought that Father Christmas should be rebranded as female or gender neutral. Female or gender neutral, right? So, firstly, okay, firstly, it was a quarter. You're saying it was a quarter of the results, which means no one gives a fuck. Right, like if you're do- if you if you're doing research and you've asked a question, and you know you get a quarter of the people say one thing, and everyone else is just like yeah whatever, nothing changes. You don't change anything. You'd only make a significant change if you're in like. The, the majority of people voted in a certain way. That's when you make a change. But a quarter were like, we think Father Christmas should be female or should have a penis and a vagina. Ugh. Come the fuck on. Seriously? This is the most moronic thing it is the most moronic thing And there's been a lot of moronic shit happening lately You know what I mean? A lot of moronic shit um, It's just like, what the fuck? Because firstly, yes, stupid ass people There are a good many um, women That play Father Christmas in supermarkets or wherever, wherever around the country, around the world, right? So there's all. It's not like, oh, if it, if it's not a man, then that ain't that ain't happening. Do you mean like women will come and play Father Christmas? So there is that, right? But to go Father Christmas should be gender. Ne- <sighs> Shut up! Shut. Why are you sexualizing? Someone that supposedly comes down a chimney and drops off presents. Why why you say and does it for kids? Does it for little fucking kids? Because no one over the the age of what? Eight? Seven? Eight? Believes in fucking Father Christmas. So it's clearly for kids. And little kids aren't going, um, Santa, thanks for uh, dropping off the train. 
Really appreciate it. I was just wondering, though, um, do you, like, what gender do you claim? Are you a man or a woman? Do you feel like you're a woman in a man's body or the other way around? Like, no little kid is fucking asking. They don't give a fuck. All they care about is, where's my presence? Where's my presence? They don't give a fuck if Santa's got a dick or a vagina. Santa's got breasts. No one cares. Santa could have breasts, a dick, a butt plug. They don't give a fuck. As long as Santa's dropping off presents, that's all they care about. Nothing else. So, why try and sexualize Santa for little kids? That's some freaky-ass shit. That's some freaky-ass shit. And let's look at it, right? Because Father Christmas originally wore green, right? Coca-Cola changed what Father Christmas wore. So, no one's really... No one gives a Fuck. No one gives a fuck. So trying to be like, oh, friend, Santa Claus needs to be rebranded. Santa Claus needs to be updated. Why does he need to be updated? Why does this whole concept have to be updated? Because if you're going, oh, it needs to be updated, then just no Father Christmas. Just fuck it. You know what I mean? Just say, look, the um, Amazon delivery man or woman, the Amazon delivery person, dropped off the presents, that's what happened, you know what I mean, like, because are we really trying to change this whole thing, and going, okay, so, um, Santa uses recycled, biodegradable, um, you know, material to wrap all the presents up, and, you know, the, obviously the sleigh is very low on carbon emissions, um, you know, this, uh, shut up, shut the fuck up, just leave it alone, not everything Needs to be like, oh, we need to modernize this and we need to change that. And boo, 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 boo. no, doesn't need to happen, dumbasses. Just leave it alone and let the little kids enjoy the bullshit. Let them enjoy the bullshit before they realize what a bunch of dickheads they will have to come across in this weird fucking world in which we live in, right. Right? Alright. Cool. Now, let's get into some other shit, okay? Okay, people? Right. Oh, people, people, people. You need to go check out this week's Chin Check. God damn it. There was some fun-ass events, man. We started off with Quintet. Ultra, a grappling event that took place in um, Las Vegas, um, I think it happened on Thursday night, uh, was on UK um, UFC Fight Pass, TJ DeSantis and Eddie Bravo were commentating, and we saw Team UFC against Team Strike Force, Team WEC, and Team Pride, oh yes people, it was a four-way event, then there was also three single matches, 
had Daniel Kelly against Cynthia Calvillo. He had Craig Jones against Fred Fredson Paxio. And Gordon Ryan against Alexi Olenek. So that was just crazy. Then Saturday night. UFC 245, the last pay-per-view of the year, and what a goddamn pay-per-view, fight card was sick, fight card was crazy, and um, yo, three title fights, three goddamn title fights, oh, there were fireworks, people, we had knockouts, um, man, I don't think there was any submissions, but there were definitely uh, 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 at least two fight of the night contenders. Oh, there was drama galore, people. Uh, so yeah, you can find out everything. Well, obviously, you could just look online, but <laughs> listen to Chin Check, man. <laughs> That's the fun shit, right? So, um, yeah, after you finish this, go download that And people, share with your friends, right? Share with your friends and go leave a review, okay? Alright, have fun I was trying to decide what to watch this week But as I recently had just watched Home Alone um, I figured I'd check out uh, the movies that made us Because I, I saw that they were looking... Uh, um, well, one of the films was Home Alone And the weird thing as well I just had heard some information about Home Alone On a podcast And I was like, ah, interesting I never knew that So yeah, I figured, boom Let me check this out So um, the tagline is These blockbusters brought us together And gave us the time of our lives Meet the Actors, directors and industry insiders who made them happen So there's four episodes They're kind of like 45 minutes an episode And we go with Dirty Dancing Then it's Home Alone Ghostbusters And it ends on Die Hard So, yeah, it was just like, alright, what what is this going to tell us? Like, what's going to be, um, you know, the gist with this? The first, as I said, look, the first one was around Dirty Dancing. And, like, I seen Dirty Dancing once. And that was solely because, like, I'd never seen the film. And I'd never really... Gave a damn about seeing the film But this uh, chick I was dating at the time Just kept on going on about it And um, I'd gone, we'd gone to her sister's I think it was about like New, New Year's or Christmas Or something like that And like there was nothing to do she had it and was just like, oh, let's watch. And it's just like, all right, fine, whatever. So we watched it and, you know, it was okay. It was okay. 
but it was just wasn't you know like you have these people talking about it like it's this life changing it just was not and so watching this episode was just oh it, it was trying it was try and i'm glad that it was the first one because i'd have been irritated if it was like the last but being the first like you know what i mean it did give me pause about watching the others but you know because of the it was home alone ghostbusters i i, I checked those out um but yeah it was just like has you've got like um linda gottlieb who is the producer and Eleanor Bergstein, who wrote the film, they just, oh my god, they came across, just stuck up their own asses, really, if I'm gonna be honest, you know what I mean, it's just like, just talking about this film, like it's just, you know, the the holy grail, or something, um, and listen, don't get me wrong, I don't mind, of course, look, you made a film, be proud of the film you made, for sure, but it, it, it's just, you know, the way they were talking about, it kind of seemed like revisionist history, you know, um, like, they're just talking about, um, like, this film, it was just about, you know, class, and all of this stuff, and, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it, it, like, those things never jumped out to me when watching the film, you know, it, it, it was like this, you know, film that kind of dealt with, you know, so, you, all, all these social kind of things, and yes, it dealt with, it, it had the abortion thing, but that's kind of it, it's like nothing overly crazy, uh, and it, it it was like they were talking with other people on the team, and because the film made a lot of money, a lot of money, but there was um oh I forget what they were like maybe they were producers or or something, but they were just like yeah they didn't they didn't get paid, didn't get paid. Which is, um, yeah, that like they are, uh, it was the production people from the um, the video company that kind of made the film and they didn't really get paid, but you know, they, they, they but you had this Linda and Eleanor talking about how fair they were and how you know, but it's just a bit like, but you're not. Because if you didn't, you know, hand out, like, fairly, then you're kind of arseholes. And the thing that I found weird was that, that, you know, they weren't pressed on this. Like, if you're making this kind of thing and you're meant to be breaking everything down and all of this, surely you'd press on this stuff, Right? That's what I was thinking, but then when they didn't, it was just like, oh, 
this is just kind of a fluff piece. You're and, and that kind of let you know what kind of documentary this really is. You know, it's not really breaking any bound like barriers or you know what I mean. It, it, it's just a fluff piece. It, it's nothing. It's not, you know, like a, a journalistic piece or anything like that. It's just, meh, you're kind of throw away, which is a shame. Because I think, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you just, like, boom, uncover everything, show everything? But no, that's not. It's not the case. Um, uh, it was funny though. There's, you know, they're talking to Eleanor, the writer, and it was just like, um, I and she said this, and she said it a couple of times. Like, I didn't want money. I didn't want fame. I wanted my work to change people's lives, and it's just like, yeah, that's bullshit. It's because you know. You didn't pay people right. So how can you say you didn't want money? Because if you if money wasn't your big thing, then surely you'd pay people. And then maybe at the time you thought you had. But once you'd realised, oh, shit, I, I should have, you'd, you'd go correct that. Because you're, they're making money still off this film. But no, still hasn't. So it's a bit like, you, you can say these things, but they're not true. So what the fuck, man? What are you doing? It, it's like, also, and this is a thing that became apparent from the other episodes as well. Like, at the end of the episode, they kind of, you know, because... Obviously, Patrick Swayze died, and also um, the guy that directed the film, um, he died as well. Um, I forget the guy's name, but uh, you know, so it was just at the very, very end. They were just like they had this thing where just like. <gasps> Every time I think of him, oh, it's so sad. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, what are you... Because we've talked about this person throughout the film. Throughout the film. And there was nothing. Do you mean, like, you didn't... There was no... But now it's just like, ugh. And it, and you mean, and it's just... I've seen very disingenuous. But maybe it was cut like this, you know? Which, again, still, still makes it look shitty. But it's just kind of like, oh, we're, we're, we'll talk about the death at the very end, and blah, blah, blah. And then they do... 
they, so they take people around to go look at, like, you know, where they filmed the place, and they're walking around where they filmed Dirty Dancing, and they're just like, oh, and they kept that the same, oh, and they kept, and it's just like, wait, what are you talking, of course they keep it the same, of course, and, like, you know, this is a, if they'd filmed, made this back then, like, just after the film, you could think, oh, yeah, they'd be surprised, maybe, but now, you know that that's what happens, like, it's a bit, New Zealand kept Hobbington, <laughs> that's a big thing now, like, they do attractions in, um, oh, gosh, oh, I forget the place, but where they filmed the desert stuff in Star Wars, you know, like, it's a thing, everyone knows that, you can go to certain places, and you can look at, you know, where they filmed films, and all of this, and sometimes they, they keep, where they can, they keep the sets up, or they keep things, and they put plaques up, and blah, 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 but this, like, yeah, it's weird that they're acting like, oh, this is such a shock, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was just a weird one, it, it wasn't great, now, the second, the Home Alone one was real interesting. That, yeah, that was interesting. Like, the fact that it was set up at, um, you know, like, uh, oh, God, my memory is just terrible. It was set up at one studio and then it moved to Fox. Warner Brothers, yes, set up at Warner Brothers and they couldn't, you know, just get that budget locked down, and <laughs> use, the, like, the way they talked about it, how it's just, like, he'd already been talking to Fox, and just left a script for them to come grab, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, man, that's some crazy shit, because, yo, you know that these days you have to sign these crazy contracts, so if that information got out, boy, lawsuits and everything, you know, so that was crazy interesting, just the way that had all been worked, you know, and then it was just like, um, how Daniel Stern had turned down the film originally, and and then they got that, um, Dan Roebuck, but he wasn't working, Pesci didn't like him, so yeah, then they managed to get Stern again, but it's weird, because I remember seeing um, Home Alone, that I, I just watching it and thinking, because I'd seen The Irishman, so it was just like, you know, Pesci now is kind of tiny and everything, and in this, he's, he's a lot bigger, and, and just Daniel Stern, you see him now, and I was just like, wait, that's the same guy, huh? crazy, but yeah, it was just interesting, the, the way they were talking about, you know, um, having the other camera, because the guy, you know, the cinematographer, he was a bit worried about getting shots and stuff, and how this other smaller camera helped them, and they kind of used it as the primary on certain things, like the stunts, the way they did the stunts hadn't really been done before, all of that, yeah, that was really interesting, you know, the fact that Hughes was happy to give Christopher Columbus the shot, even though 
you know, his first directorial film wasn't really, you know, it, it kind of flopped. So that was cool. Um, what I had heard, though, that Macaulay Culkin used to sometimes just go missing off set. And when he did it, it cost them a shitload of money. That And I just heard that on a podcast, like someone talking about that. But yeah, that wasn't mentioned, which I thought was strange. So it's a bit like, hmm, what's the real, you know, what, 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 what's the legit fact about that? Did he go missing or was that not true? But I kind of believe it being true because, yeah, I don't know. It was just the way this stuff is filmed. It just seemed a bit like, you know, sugar-coated. A lot, but yeah, I did think the the Home Alone one was interesting. The fact that John Candy was paid, you know, uh, just less than the pizza guy, which I thought was interesting. But I think that happens. Like you hear about that, about sometimes you know, people just take minimal money because they they're friends with people you know the director the writer whatever whatever or it's just a project they've they're really invested in you know boom 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 you hear about that but that was yeah that was that was fascinating so next up we had um ghostbusters huh yeah interesting because you know Ivan Reitman's son has literally just finished filming um, Afterlife, which I believe is hitting next year. So, yeah, that's kind of, you know, kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, just finding out that originally they wanted, um, you know, Dan Belushi and Eddie Murphy in the film. It was going to be free Ghostbusters. And then that hearing, like, the original concept was like, oh, go, you know, it's in space and Ghostbusters are, you know, this thing and, like, there's loads of them and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, huh, well, yeah, that doesn't actually sound that great. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, good that, you know, they were, Reitman was able to convince Aykroyd to, um, Bring it down, you know what I mean? Pair it, make it a bit more basic. But I didn't even know Aykroyd had come out with the concept of the film. So, yeah, that was all interesting. I didn't... And I had no clue that Coke had, um, at one point in time, bought Columbia Pictures. Yeah, that was like, huh? And then Film Nation owning the Ghostbusters, like Ghost, uh, what was it, Ghost Bunkers, or whatever, the other name that they were possibly going with, yeah, that wasn't a good name, <laughs> so it it was good that um that one dude losing his job at Columbia, then he goes and heads up Universal, so that Worked out very well Uh, Yeah, so that was That was an interesting one I gotta, oh man, you had to feel sorry for um, 
man, I can't even remember the names. Um, oh, what's his name? Ernie Hudson, that's it. Ernie Hudson. Yeah, it was a... Man! you got to feel bad for that dude. Like, coming in with a big part and ending up with, like, yeah, the small-ass part. Yeah, it's got to suck a bit. Got to suck a bit, right? But, yeah, that, that was an interesting one for the... For what you... does The facts that you do find out Here's, yeah, it's just like you, the special effects are kind of shitty, but with the way they were working, you can definitely understand why and how that all came about. So, yeah, the last one was Die Hard, and I think the interesting thing about that was just finding out about the fact that it's based on a book, which I had no clue about, you know, nothing lasts forever, <laughs> which was like a sequel to, um, you know, The Detective, which was turned into a film as well, and starring Frank Sinatra, so this was all set up as a Frank Sinatra vehicle, but because of his age and everything, he didn't want to do, you know, the stuff, so went on hold, and then it became Die Hard, so that was like, huh, never heard that before, so yeah, I think that was probably the the biggest um, interesting kind of part about it, but, um, you know, I guess also the models, the fact that, yeah, they use models to do, like, those end sequences. Just like, oh, okay. And, I, I yeah, I would never have noticed. So, I think in, the, you know, some of the episodes you do find out some kind of little tidbits that are like, ah, oh, interesting. But, yeah, I think that because the show follows this format, you know, just this format, it, it just becomes a bit like, <sighs> you know, it's not, it's not great documentary work, which is a shame, because I think that's what I was expecting, I'd never watched the, um, the original series, what is it, The Toys That Made Us, I've, I've seen it, when flicking through Netflix, but just never got around to watching it, so it was just a bit like, okay, um, you know, it, it sounded like it could be interesting, but after watching this, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go near that at all, uh, yeah, it, it's just, I wish this had been done in a different way, no, I, I mean, I think it could... It could have been a really interesting series, but it's just, you know, it's not a deep dive in anything, you know, it, it, it's just like messing around in the shallow end of a pool, and it's just like, why, what's the point, you know, you're, you're, you're sticking here, but there's all of that that you're neglecting, and that's what 
this scene. There, there's no hard hitting questions. And there's a few times when, I mean, more, more than a few times when, you know, hard hitting questions could have been asked. Things could have been like really looked into and inquired about, and it just wasn't. Which just really seems a bit weak. Just like, what is your, like, what's the the agenda for doing this? If you're just, you know, not asking. If you're just creating some frigging bubblegum TV. Like, what's the point? So, like, you know, obviously he's probably getting paid well. But, you know, like, they haven't even got all the people involved. That's another one. Like, get everyone. And and if you haven't got everyone, why don't you give a reason? Go, like, oh, we asked, but, you know, schedule conflicts, they couldn't do it. Or, you know, like, just something. Let us know you tried, you made an effort. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, 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 so that was it, people, um, the movies that made us, I I think the title's a bit weird, though, because it's just, like, the movies that made us, like, really, I mean, like, these didn't make us, yo, you could call it, like, the building blocks of the 80s or the building blocks of the, you know what I mean? Like movies that were the cornerstone of youth or like just something like that. But movies that made us. I didn't make, like, you know what I mean? Like these weren't things that influenced my life. Didn't change me as a person. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of ludicrous. I think music probably has more of a uh, capacity to do that, but even that, you know, it, it can become a um, a stamp, you know, like a bookmark on a period of time, but yeah, it doesn't make you, so yeah, I don't know. I just think the title's weird, and it's just lazy, um, lazily constructed, but that is just me, people, that is just me, because I am sure there are a load of people that love it, so, uh, yeah, you know, but it's on Netflix, so if, if you're intrigued, go check it out, you know, it's four episodes, they do not have to be watched in order. I wouldn't bother doing the Dirty Dancing one, because that is kind of shit. But, you know, the others are kind of intriguing, you know. There's a little bit, as I said, there's some tidbits, some breadcrumbs up in there. So, um, yeah, if you're intrigued, go check it out, all right? Cool. (laughs) Okay, so this week, I, um, I checked out one of Con Eagleson's new books. Now... I think a lot of people will know Con Eagleson from his historical books. He did the Emperor 
um, series, which was like chronicling the life of Julius Caesar. And then there was the Conqueror series that followed Yengis Khan. And then I think it was the last, maybe the last two books that dealt with his sons, Kubla and um, the other one, who I forget the name of. Um, both series are fantastic, and I highly recommend those. But, so, as a guy that's essentially written a lot of historical uh, fiction, he um, turned his hand to a fantasy series. So, it's the Empire of Salt trilogy, and yeah, so I checked out the first book, which is called uh, Darien. Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to see, you know, how would this be? So here is the, the blurb um, from the website. Twelve families, one throne, welcome to the Empire of Salt. The city of Darien stands at the weary end of a golden age. Twelve families keep order with soldiers and artifacts, spies and memories, clinging to a peace that shifts and crumbles. The people of the city endure what they cannot change. Here amongst old feuds, a plot is hatched to kill a king. It will summon strangers to a city. Elias Post, a hunter, Tellius, an old swordsman, banished from his home, Arthur, a boy who cannot speak, Dor, threefold, a chancer and a gambler, Vic Deeds, who feels no guilt, and Nancy, a girl whose talent might be the undoing of them all. As the sun sets, their arrival inside the walls will spark a series of explosive events. Before the sun returns, six destinies will have been made and lost in Darien. So yes, this is, this is it. The first of this new trilogy and an adventure into fantasy. And I have to say, this is an enjoyable book. Cone, um, yeah, he, he crafts a good story. And you can definitely, you know, feel the voice that you've come upon in, you know, his other work. Now, it's definitely a different take, but he, he's got a distinct writing style. And, um, you know, I think one of the things I've always liked about his work is it's very concise. It's very succinct. You know, he doesn't really waste a lot of words on pointless things, you know. He'll describe a scene. He will set a tone. But everything factors into where he's taking the story. You know, there there aren't fancy words for fancy words sake. And you definitely get this here. This is a very succinct story. Like everything that you come across is there to lead, you know, things on to the next happenings. 
Like, there's there's nothing there just because, you know, we don't really meet a lot of superfluous characters, or, um, you know, we're not, he doesn't really, um, you know, spend time to introduce you to the whole world, so he gives you a, a brief understanding, we get that. But we don't get, you know, like, if you think of Lord of the Rings and um, The Hobbit as well, to some extent, like, Tolkien will give you myths and tales from a past, you know, gone, just because it kind of gives you a backstory, a history, it fleshes certain things out, but it doesn't really lead the story. Cone doesn't do that. But it's fine, because even, you know, being a, a different way of storytelling, it still works. We still get an interesting tale. And so we start off, you know, following um, Elias. And through that, we meet Vic Deeds. And um, we understand the plot, we then kind of stumble on door and Nancy and that kind of you know helps us with the book because you know so there's magic in this world but not everyone really understands it not everyone is fully I think maybe believing of it but people understand that like people have knacks people have these talents and so, yes, we, we move and, you know, like Nancy is a pivotal character, as mentioned above. Uh, and, um, you know, her interactions, it, it, it gives an interesting kind of slant to things. Because you know there's definitely something there and there's two ways it could go. So you're wondering, okay... What's it going to be? What's it going to be? So then when it finally comes to fruition, you're like, okay, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And the story does build, and it's interesting. You know, we get, like, Tellius. So we learn about Tellius and how he came about and then what he's doing, which does kind of, he's kind of bit of the story is a kind of... Like, it's a, it's a kind of Oliver Twist, Fagan-esque um, imagining. But it works. It's fine. And, you know, like, the story, it mentions there's these 12 families. We don't really focus on all of them. It really kind of focuses on Lady Salute. Um, now... We learn about uh, a few others. They get mentioned. But yes, it's mainly following um, Salute and her influence on things. So then the story all comes together. And, you know, it's how does how do all of these people interact to take it on? We do get a twist. There is a twist that, you know, it's kind of good. 
because it kind of mixes things up um, with a certain character. Now, I was wondering, okay, if that can happen, what else will happen? But, like, from that moment on, there aren't any more, you know, status quo shifts, really, to that extent, which is a bit of a shame, because you could probably foresee, uh, you know, what's really going to happen. But, you know, where there is some kind of like, ah, that's, I wish that it wasn't so obvious in places, but it is well told, which does kind of take away from any disappointment you may have with the story in, um, you know, I think the, the the predictable nature of the outcome to a certain extent is a story just is really well crafted. So yes, it's it's very enjoyable, and I think it's very well paced. I did find a couple of the tie-ups dealing with Tellius, Lady Salte, and Arthur. A bit jarring That that was a little bit jarring And just a little bit well packed You know, I'm kind of a bit like I don't Why would those decisions be made? Because we haven't seen I, don't, I didn't feel we'd seen enough To take us to those places Especially Arthur But as I said, it is an interesting story, it is well told, and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the book enough to want to do the next book in the trilogy. I would say, it may be not, it, you know, this would have served as a one and done. You know, because there's not really any huge threads that you're like, oh, yes, that needs to be explored. You know, at this point. Now, once you pick up the second book, that could be completely different. And you're like, ah, nice. So we're, we're going in this direction. But I think after the first book, it like everything has been wrapped up to an extent where you could be happy to leave it but yes it was well told it was interesting as an introduction to the world it's not a bad one at all so I you know and I do feel any fan of um Eagledon they'd be happy with this you know I think they would definitely be happy with this and um just interested into his foray into the fantasy world uh, Daniel Wayman does a really good job with the narration And uh, yeah, so I'm going to check out I think Xiang, I believe that's how you pronounce it S-H-I-A-N-G, Xiang, which is book two in the series So um, yes, if you like Igledon's writing If you... Um, I think if you enjoy some, some, you know, good fantasy, then uh, 
yeah, I think I think you will enjoy this book. So uh, yeah, check it out. It's Darian from Con Eagledon. Um, although he does use a pseudonym, so you know it. It's C. F. Eagledon. Not much of a pseudonym, but you know it is what it is. And it is book one in his Empire of Salt trilogy. So uh, check it out. It's on Amazon and Audible. Okay, people. So as we draw to the end of another episode, um, yeah, let's hit the um, hit the TV news before we bounce. So there's quite a bit this week, fam. Um, Sci-Fi Channel have renewed their um, Van Van Helsing series for a fifth and final season. So it's going to get 13 more episodes that will go into production next year and they should debut late that same year. Uh, Also, um, Netflix... Um, well, actually, before we get to that, Frank Grillo is joining the fifth season of Showtime's Billions. Um, yeah, he's going to be playing a um, a modern artist called Nico Tanner. Ah, and we got some Netflix news. So, um, the, if you watch their series Daybreak. Which we reviewed a few weeks back Um, Yeah, that will not be coming back for a second season I mean, I think at the time I I wasn't quite sure how And it it really did drop Like, it it started off as a, a kind of interesting concept But then it just went brah So, yeah, I am not surprised by that news. Uh, People will be pleased to learn that um, Dracula, um, the new um, adaptation from Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat, who people will know from Sherlock and um, Jekyll, that will be dropping... First, it will be hitting the BBC uh, from the 1st to the 3rd. And then on the 4th of January, it will go worldwide on Netflix. So, um, you know what? That's something to look forward to. And February the 13th will be the debut of the second season of Narcos Mexico. Um, So, yo, fans of that, you will be able to, um, yeah, find out about, uh, you know, all that Pablo Escobar craziness. Um... CBS All Access Now we know that they've got Star Trek Picard coming um, Towards the end of January Well 
they have renewed the series for a second season which look when you're dropping a lot of money on something it's not really surprising to get these early renewals um no word on who the new showrunner will be though because the showrunner Michael Chabon who is the showrunner of season one he's going to he's still going to work on Picard for the second season but he'll be splitting his time between that and the amazing adventures of Kavler and Clay um, that we talked about last week so um, he's not going to be showrunner but yeah, no word on who is going to be uh, taking that mantle up. Um, now, going on to uh, HBO Max, they've got some stuff coming. So, uh, Zachary Momo, who um, people would have seen in the recent Doctor Sleep and Harriet. He's going to be joining Lapita Ngono and um, Danny Garito um, in uh, the streaming network's adaptation of Americania. Um, look, if you haven't read the book, it's a great book. Yeah, like it, it is very good. Um, and it follows a, um, a, a, you know, a self-assured young lady raised in Nigeria who um, Lupita will be playing. Um, and as a teenager, she falls in love with her classmate Umbizni, who's played by um, Mama. Um, now. They're living in a military-ruled country. They each depart for the West. She achieves academic success in the US. He plunges into a dangerous, undocumented life in London. Um, yeah, it's going to be real interesting to um, to see how that all plays out. Uh, also, HBO have just announced that they've entered development of Snow Crash which is an adaptation of the Neil Stevenson um, sci-fi novel of the same name um, Michael Bacow is um, writing the series with um, Joe Cornish uh, you know, directing So, uh, yeah I think that's going to be interesting Now the story follows a pizza delivery man Who in the metaverse is a warrior prince Plunging headlong into the enigma Of a new computer virus That's striking down hackers everywhere He races along the neon lit streets on a search and destroy mission for this shadowy virtual villain. Yeah, so, um, you know, looking forward to uh, checking that out. Frank Marshall is also um, producing the series. And um, 
interestingly enough, like, I didn't know this, but David Lindoff has said that there is no plans for a season two of Watchmen. Like, so, there's, the Watchmen was set up as a um, an event series, not an ongoing series, which is good to hear. I didn't know that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, things change, but as of this moment, Lindoff had um, this to say. This is a love letter and an examination of the original Watchmen. I wanted everyone to know this is not the middle of the trilogy. This is not the beginning of a seven season run. In my opinion, the best iteration of any season of Watchmen would mirror the original graphic novel in that it would be a self-contained story with the revelation of a fundamental mystery. There's always going to be space for more Watchmen. I feel like this world is so expansive. Hopefully more expansive now than it was before. You could call something Watchmen and not even feature any of the characters who were in the original or in this season as long as they occupy the same world. If I was going to do another season of Watchmen, I would need to have a really cool idea and a justification for doing it. I did. I don't have either of those things right now. It doesn't mean that they won't come at some future point. I just finished the show four weeks ago. My antenna is up, but it's like only getting static. I can't say that there will definitely not be a second season and I can't say there will definitely will be. That's the kind of where my head is um, at. So, yeah, people, that is, um, that's it, right? And um, that's it for another episode. So we will catch you next week. Um... Yeah, next Wednesday, people, for a Christmas Day special. So, listen, you've had your um, Christmas dinner. You don't want to listen to the bullshit coming out of your relatives' mouths. So, go for a walk or just bunker up in your room and you'll be able to listen to a new episode of Echoes from the Void. So, we'll see you then. All right? Peace.